Our scripture today comes from the book of 2 Corinthians, uh, chapter 5. I'm going to begin at verse 16 and carry on through verse 21. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore God's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we're uh, doing a uh, worship series um, entitled Reframing Your Worldview, and uh, the idea is that we understand that each one of us is, is heavily influenced by our culture, our upbringing, um, our, our work uh, status. We're, we're all influenced by those things. We're influenced by social media and TV and, and movies. We're, we're influenced by all that stuff in our lives, and it changes the way that we view the world. But the follower of Jesus Christ is, is called to view the world through a different lens, to have a worldview that is godly, that, that, that biblically stands on, on, on what the Scriptures teach us and what they tell us. And so it's important that we reflect on our own worldview and, and look at what are the possibilities of what our worldview can and should be as followers of Jesus Christ. So the sermon series in talking about worldview, uh, when Pastor Greg pa uh, preached the opening uh, sermon on this series, uh, a worldview, he shared, is a collection of attitudes, values, stories, and expectations about the world around us, which inform our every thought and action. It's so important to hear that second part. Because we do what we think. We act upon what we think. And sometimes we might say, well, I didn't think about it. I just acted. Well, you didn't need to think about it because that's been your worldview, and you acted in a way that was consistent with your worldview. You might confess something else, but you act in accordance to what you believe. So in simpler terms, it's how you look at the world and react to it. So... In our series, we're, we're talking about what it means to have a Christian worldview and what are, what are some very basics of that. We're not getting real deep into, into uh, um, all the possible components, but, but let me review where we've been. Uh, we began with creation. A Christian worldview begins in the beginning, and in the beginning, God. That's what the Scripture says. You will open the Bible to the first verse. Book of Genesis, chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning, God. God is the prime mover in all this. this. This book is not a story about you and me or people like us. This is a book about God. 
and how God views you and me and people like us. And if we live in accordance with this, we understand what it means to be God-like. So in the beginning, God... And in that, we talked about uh, that we have this belief in the ultimate goodness of creation. That God, on, on days one through five of creation, actually two through five, he doesn't say anything after day one, but two through five of creation, God looks at what he has created and says, it is good. We believe in the goodness of creation and view the world through that lens. We also believe that humanity was created in the image of God. Not so much look like, but can be God-like, can be like God in our lives. That's what it means to be created in the image of God. And when God looks at humanity, when God creates humanity on day six, God does not say it is good. God says it is very good. And not just the first humans that were created, but every time a human is created. So God looks at you and says, it is very good. And then finally, we recognize that there's a purposefulness to creation. It's just not this accidental explosion that, that eventually formed into our earth and our people. God has an intention within it, a purposefulness which is really important for our discussion today. Overall, God has this fondness for creation that has caused God to act in favor of creation. And, and, and when I, I'm speaking of creation, I'm not just speaking of, of the birds and the trees outside. I'm speaking of that and us, all people. God works in favor of God's creation because God sees creation as very good, good and very good when God looks at you. And this is how the Christian looks at the world. We followed that up last week with, so how do we get so messed up? We talked about the fall of humanity. Adam bit the apple. But you know, it's deeper than that because we live in a time, in a society, in a culture where we just want to blame everybody else for our problems. The fall challenges us to claim our own propensity to wander away from our godly nature rather than move toward it. And when we wander away from God and our godly nature... We alienate ourselves from God. There's an alienation from other humans. There's an alienation from nature. And there's an, an alienation from our best, true selves. And I confess that week, I think that is the saddest part of it all. God has created you very good and has created you with great intention and purpose. And every time we step away from God, we're stepping away from our best, true selves, from, a, from a, an image that we create ourselves rather than a perfect, godly image that God wants for us. And this is how a Christian looks at the world, that humanity has this great capacity for goodness and godliness, but a tendency toward badness. 
and self-centeredness. So today we ask the question, what's the solution? And the solution is redemption. We need to be redeemed for God's purposes. Redemption is a term that means that God is acting to, to recreate us, to redeem us for his creation, for its original design and purpose. God's seeking to fix it, to reorder what has become, to become what it was intended. And that's how a Christian looks at the world. God is at work. And God has provided the way for you and me to return to our original created purpose. That's called redemption, or, or if you will, we could call it salvation. Being redeemed by God for God's purposes is the same as being saved from the badness we've become and saved to the goodness God created us for. And that's what God has done in Jesus Christ. Jesus tells us he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one could get to the Father except through him. What he's telling us is that God's redemption it begins with the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and through Christ, God has given us a clear understanding of how we should live our lives. An example, and that's a topic for next week. But more than that, God offers us forgiveness from, for our failure to be who God created us to be. That's what it means when we say that Jesus died for our sins. That's how a Christian looks at the world. And then there's this real act of redemption. It's that second chance offer that we get. The resurrection of Christ is the invitation to be renewed, to become our original created being. We have the chance to become useful again, not destructive. We can move beyond all our failures and, and our hurts that we've inflicted on others and, and, and go, get beyond others' failures and the hurts they've inflicted upon us. We can leave that all behind knowing that, that in Christ we are headed to, to this new creation God will ultimately bring forth. This is what it means to think as God thinks, to, to believe what God teaches. And this means that, that we don't have to worry about anything from the past or try to become what the world is telling us to become. Instead, we have a new creation we can look forward to and participate in right now. Look at that scripture again that I read, beginning again at verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. We aren't going to look at people with any other view than a Christian worldview. We aren't going to measure people in any way, discount them, shame them, or cancel them. We're going to see them as God sees them, as very good. Instead of rose-colored glasses, we're going to put on God-colored glasses to see the world through God's eyes. Verse 17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. And it's a curious translation of this text because if you read it in other translations, which you're probably more familiar with, um, the new creation is the person 
that God has, has uh, called. It's, um, it might say something like, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. For some reason, the translators of this particular text uh, chose to focus on the future tense of, of what, what God is yet to do, but also to help us recognize we are already in the midst of that. The Bible is all about right now and not yet. And this, this translation focuses on the not yet is here to come, and yet you already are there. The new creation is here. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has begun. It's already started. In Revelation, we, we read about that, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And that's yet to be, but it's already here. However, there's also, it's also proper to, to look at this tra- the uh, other translations and, and take a look at yourself. And see yourself right now in the present tense. And say that anyone who has accepted Christ as their Savior is the new creation. You are a new creation. The old you is dead and gone. The new you is coming forth. Like emerging from the grave with Christ. God is making you new. The newness is God redeeming you to be who you were originally created to be. Verse 18 says, all this is from God. Remember what I said in my message two weeks ago. The Bible is the story of God and God's activity in the world. And we know this because it begins within the beginning, God. And by the way, the Bible ends with a godly blessing. This is all about God and what God is doing. So let's look at what God is doing and what God is calling us to. The verse goes on to say, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Because the old is past, the new has come. God's work is to reconcile, to put an end to anything that could possibly separate us from God, to remove anything that is a barrier between us and God. And in so doing, God redeems us for his greater purpose so that we could be our very best selves. God has a purpose for you. What's the meaning of life? To live as God created you to live. To praise Him and work according to the way you were created. But God has to redeem you and reconcile you to Himself for this to happen because we can't do it on our own. But then God gives us that commission. The verse says, And He has committed to us a message of reconciliation. And there again is your purpose, to share this message of reconciliation, to let others know that they can experience this redemption, this reconciliation to God, and become that new creation. They can shed their old selves and become new again. You are the new creation. Think of that, the gathered people of God, the congregation, the church, the new creation. 
You know, I mused about this as I was coming in this morning. I, I parked far away on the far side of the parking lot, and as I'm coming in at, at 5.30 this morning, there is a murder of crows in our parking lot. You know, that's what you call a collection of crows, right? They call a collection of crows a murder of crows. So what do they call a collection of Christians, church, congregation? I, so it occurred to me that, you know, we know of a herd of sheep or a flock of seagulls. And, and somebody went through and I used AI and, and scoured all sorts of literature and found all sorts of different titles for groups, for gatherings or collections of people by career. There's an audit of accountants, a befuddlement of academics, a mayflower of Americans, a slumber of anesthesiologists, a congregation of apostles, a stumble of archaeologists, a confusion of architects. Civil engineers know what that means. A galaxy of astronomers, a brief of attorneys. Those are just A's. It goes on. Uh, there's a debauchery of bachelors. There's a great deal of car salesmen. There's a brace of dentists, a glut of economists, a bale of farmers, a blather of generals, a clot of hematologists, a plague of immunologists, a scoop of journalists, a boing of kangaroos, because apparently no career begins with a K, a disputation of lawyers, a bubble of marine biologists, a no-no of nannies. A wave of oceanographers, a flash of paparazzi, a sack of quarterbacks, a, a lot of real estate agents, a cloud of system administrators, a scream of taxpayers, a resignation of underachievers, a sacrifice of volunteers, and thank you all for that, an absence of waiters, a revelation of x-ray technicians, a fellowship of yeomen, and a zone of zoologists. And even though that's not so much fun, I thought I'd go on to another Z, an apocalypse of zombies. <laughs> That's what you call those different gatherings. What do you call a gathering of the people of God? A church, a congregation, a new creation. You are a new creation individually, but also collectively. And it is both the individual as well as the, the, the collective who have a call upon their life by God to become that new creation. And in so doing, receive that commission to share with others that that new creation is possible in their life. God sees you as new. Your old is dead and buried and your new has come into being. I always say if, if you're the same person when Christ now that when Christ came into your life, let me rephrase that and say it right. <laughs> if you're the same person now that you were before Christ came into your life, you're doing it wrong. God expects you to have a newness about you. You're reconciled by God to God and redeemed for His purpose. You are the new creation which is already part of the, the whole toward which God is creating. It's yet to be, but here and now, that new heaven and earth, live into the new creation that God has created you to be. Amen and amen.